Well, the first reading for this, the fourth Sunday in Easter, is from the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed, because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from 1 John, the third chapter. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is from the Gospel of St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life 
that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from the first reading, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, where St. Peter says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. Well, I would like to discuss with you this morning a very important matter. It has to do with the invention of the modern-day spaghetti sauce. Do you know the story about the invention of the modern-day spaghetti sauce? Malcolm Gladwell, author of Blink and Tipping Point, Outliers and David and Goliath and many other books, discussed the invention of the modern-day spaghetti sauce in a video that I saw on Google. According to Gladwell, the invention of the modern-day spaghetti sauce goes back to the early 1980s and a man named Howard Moskowitz, who was a psychophysicist who also consulted with major food manufacturers and distributors. In the early 1980s, Campbell Foods came to Howard because their Prego spaghetti sauce was struggling to find its fair share of the market. In the 1970s and 80s, ragu was the dominant spaghetti sauce. And Campbell Foods wanted Howard to fix the problem, to help them create that perfect spaghetti sauce. Well, as Howard thought on the problem, he came back with a solution. And the solution was this. Stop thinking about creating that perfect spaghetti sauce and instead create a variety of spaghetti sauces. And so that's exactly what Howard did. Howard made up 45 varieties of sauces and he varied them according to sweetness, levels of garlic, tartness, sourness, tomatoiness, I think I made up a word there, visible solids, and so on. And then he took these 45 sauces onto the road from New York City to Chicago to L.A. and points in between, and he bussed people in from all over the place. And then the people would sit down, and over a two-hour period, they would eat 10 bowls of spaghetti with different kinds of sauces on them. And then they were asked to rate those sauces. Well, Howard Moskowitz then took that information, all that statistical data that he had, and he analyzed the citizens of the United States according to their preferences for spaghetti sauces. And he found that Americans could be divided into three categories of spaghetti sauce preferences. One-third of all Americans preferred just plain spaghetti sauce. Another one-third preferred spicy spaghetti sauce, and another one-third of all Americans preferred chunky sauce. 
Now, what you might also want to know is that in the early 1980s, there were no chunky sauces. And so Prego, seeing that one-third of all Americans craved chunky sauce, developed and marketed a line of extra chunky sauce. And the sauce was a hit. Over the next 10 years, Prego made some $600 million off of their chunky spaghetti sauce. Well, other industries saw this trend. And they thought, we've been doing this all wrong. We've been trying to create and manufacture and market the perfect product when what we really need to do is develop many related products that suit individual tastes. And soon, we found that there were a variety of vinegars. There were five kinds of mustard, seven kinds of pickles, 10 varieties of colas, and so on and so forth, to the point where our supermarkets are just full with variety of choice. And even Ragu came to Moskowitz and asked him to help improve their product line. And soon, Ragu was being marketed in 36 kinds of sauces in six varieties, cheese and rich and hearty, robusto, light, old world tradition, and yes, they had their own extra chunky garden spaghetti sauce. You see, the genius of Moskowitz was that he perceived that there was a shift taking place in the mindset of many people. In the 1970s, the earliest ragu imitated that perfect sauce. The Italian sauce was thought to be the most authentic sauce and therefore that one that everybody would want. You remember that sauce, don't you? It was that blended, thin, watery, with no visible solid sauce. You put it on your spaghetti and it went to the bottom of your plate and saturated everything on it. I hated it. The predominant thought at that time, in those days, the predominant thought was that if you, if you gave the customer kind of that, that most culturally authentic sauce, then that would please the most people. And that was all that was needed. But with the advent of the 1980s, there was a massive shift in thinking. There is no perfect or better spaghetti sauce there's just different sauces. Different sauces for different people according to their very taste. The perfect sauce is the sauce that suits your taste that is pleasing to your palate. Now, this belief or this philosophy may be okay when we talk about varieties of colas or different kinds of mustards or, or different brands of coffee or, or maybe even spaghetti sauce. I mean, there might not be that perfect spaghetti sauce or that perfect cola or that perfect pickle but what about when we apply this way of thinking to saviors? Is there a perfect savior? Is there only one savior? Or are there a variety of saviors? I think it's safe to say that most Americans approach saviors like they do spaghetti sauce. We pick the savior who suits our flavor. Oh, there's a myriad of brands out there. We call those religions. And even within those brands, there's a variety of different fl uh, flavors, and we call that in the Christian church denominations. And if we don't like the brands of the major saviors that are on the market, well, then we even homebrew, like some people do their own beer. We homebrew our own savior to suit our individual taste. But there's a problem with this attitude. It doesn't jive 
with the teachings of the Bible regarding saviors. The prophet Jeremiah said, the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. St. Peter unequivocally said in the text that I just read to you a moment ago, salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. On the banner behind me, it says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live. And then Jesus also said in John 10, just prior to the text that I read to you, he said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. You see, the Bible teaches that there aren't many gods. There's only one God. There aren't many saviors. There's only one savior. There aren't many ways to be saved from sin, death, and the power of the devil. There's only one way to be saved from sin, death, and the power of the devil. There aren't many ways to experience absolute eternal joy. There's only one way to experience absolute eternal joy, and that's through Jesus Christ. Now, I know that this sentiment is countercultural. Such teaching and thinking flies in the face of our cultural sensitivities. In fact, you might even find yourself a little, feeling a little bit uncomfortable with this biblical teaching as I share it with you this morning. I mean, some Americans might even consider these statements downright un-American. Such statements might be perceived as being intolerant against the values of our pluralistic society where the only absolute is that we can't say anything absolutely. Unless, of course, you're part of the woke crowd. And so, let me ask you these questions. Have you adopted what I call the Moskowitz spaghetti sauce theology of that of picking the savior that best suits your palate, your flavor? And if you haven't completely embraced this way of thinking, have you been so influenced by this way of thinking that you find it difficult to discuss the message of saviors with other people? Do you have a lack of urgency to share the gospel with family and friends and co-workers and with the community because in your heart of hearts, you think the Savior or the God that they have chosen to follow and believe in will save them? You know, our lives as Christians would be so much easier if the Moskowitz spaghetti sauce theology were true. Our life, yes, would be so much easier if it was just that any God, any belief saves people. But of course, as I've said, that isn't true. I mean, if that spaghetti sauce theology were true, we wouldn't need Bible translators or missionaries being sent far and wide to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We wouldn't require seminaries or Christian universities that train people for church work vocations because we wouldn't need church workers. We wouldn't require mission offerings or witness training seminars so that we better learn how to share our faith with other people because there's no purpose in doing so. The LDML wouldn't need to collect mites or support mission projects in the United States and other regions of the world. We wouldn't need church buildings like this one or even a congregation like St. James or a school like ISJ, Community, like ISJ Academy because our purpose for existence would be obsolete. 
we might as well just join the Lions Club or the Rotary Club or some other humanitarian society to satisfy our need for socialization, for community service, and humanitarian assistance. And Christians who are presently being persecuted for their Christian faith, well, they could escape persecution by simply embracing the religion of their persecutors. I mean, what's the big deal? It's only a matter of switching brands, isn't it? But of course, the truth is that the Moskowitz spaghetti sauce theology, when applied to saviors, is completely unbiblical. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which we can be saved. Think of that name by which we are saved. We're speaking of none other than Jesus Christ. And, and think of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. He's begotten of the Father before all worlds. Jesus is God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Jesus is begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. Wow. I just said a whole lot of theology in a few sentences. What a God we have, and that's who Jesus is. And think of what Jesus Christ has done for us, who for us men, women, and children, and for our salvation came down from heaven, and he was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. And Jesus was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. Jesus suffered and was buried. And then on the third day, Jesus rose again according to the scriptures and he ascended into heaven. Hallelujah. That's the kind of Savior that we possess. That's what he's done for me and for you and for all the people of this community. And think of what Jesus Christ freely gives to you and to me and to all the lost and condemned people of this world. Jesus has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person. Jesus has purchased and won me from all my sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. That's what Jesus has done for me. That's what Jesus has done for you. And that's what Jesus has done for all the people of this world. And why? Well, simply because he loves us. And he wants us to have a purposeful and meaningful life here on earth. And he wants to spend eternity with us. So considering all of this, who he is, what he has done for us, and what he gives to us, why would we want any other savior? Why would anyone want any other savior? My friends, do you need encouragement? Do you need encouragement to be faithful in Bible study and in worship and in attendance at the Lord's table? Then remember these words. There is no other name under heaven by which you can be saved. Do you need incentive to invest your time in being equipped to be able to share the gospel message with other people do you need incentive to invest your talent in this congregation and in this community? Do you need incentive to invest your treasures in the ministry of St. James? 
so that this congregation community might be blessed by our living Lord, then remember these words. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which the people of Creston and the people of Grand Rapids and every acreage and hamlet around the surrounding area can be rescued from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And you need reason to pray, to pray for missionaries, maybe for you yourself to respond to to God's missionary call to you to serve in a short-term mission or a long-term mission. You need reason to increase your offerings to the Lord's work so that we can work together with other people of our district and in in this Michigan and also in the United States and around the world. Then remember these words. There's no other name. There's no other name in this world by which the people of this world can be saved. There's none. Only Jesus. The spaghetti sauce theology of a Savior. Choose the flavor of your Savior? I don't think so. Brew your own Savior? Why would we want to? No, when it comes to saviors, there is only one. His name is Jesus. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, the conqueror and triumph, the one who triumphed over the grave, who triumphed over the devil and, and sin. And when I think on his name, as we think on his name, are we not moved to proclaim, Hosanna, Lord, save me. And he has, he is, and he will. Hallelujah. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.